أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما نافعا اللهم أرنا الحق حقا وأرزقنا اتباعه وَأَرِنَا الْبَاطِلَ بَاطِلًا وَأَرْزُقْنَا اِجْتِنَابَهِ رَبِّ اِشْرَحْ لِي صَدْرِ وَيَسِّرْ لِي أَمْرِ وَحْلُ الْأُقْدَةً مِنْ لِسَانِ يَفْقَهُ قَوْلِي Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Welcome to the Reflections on the Risale-i-Nur by Bedi-Uzzaman Said Nursi podcast series. This is Mustafa Tuna. You can listen to the episodes of this series wherever you listen to your podcasts or at the website www.reflections-rn.org Inshallah, a rough translation of the section we will be reflecting upon will be posted at this website. You can go to the podcasts, then the words, then the 13th word and scroll down to the relevant section. And as that also implies, we are continuing with the 13th word. As a reminder, this is a treatise that compares what is that Nursi calls the wisdom of the Quran and the wisdom of um, philosophies that are not guided by revelation, worldviews that are not guided by revelation. The first, sec- the first section of the treatise is a, um, a theoretical, logical, uh, informational, a comparison of these two uh, you know sources of guidance in one in, in one of the in the second case it would also be a misguidance and the second section of the treatise are uh, lessons that Ustad Nursi had had given uh, to his students uh, people visiting him in one in some cases uh, you know prisoners where he was a uh, you know, prisoner himself, that reflect the implications of that comparison between the wisdom of the Quran and philosophies that are not guided by revelation. So we are continuing uh, with another one of those, uh, you know, small teachings uh, in the second section of this treatise. The part that we are going to be reading and reflecting upon in this episode uh, is called the sixth matter from the treatise of fruit or the the fruit uh, treatise and that's a lengthy uh, treatise inshallah uh, when the time comes we will do that too Uh, but this section is uh, you know particularly interesting and oft quoted uh, and Partly because it relates to, it deals with this, the question of science, science, modern science, uh, which has been an issue that has troubled many uh, Muslims since at least the 19th century, uh, as they attributed the rise of Western Europe and later uh, North America in the world on the world stage, uh, the colonization of uh, non-Western uh, lands and peoples, uh, including Muslims, the defeat and destruction of Muslim empires, etc., etc. All of these were outcomes of the uh, the technological 
industrial um, and scientific advances of uh, Europe administrative to governmental advances of uh, European empires and Muslims looking at this witnessing this from the vantage point of their uh, you know local Muslim communities that at this point looked backward to them right they were obsessed with the question of science and that obsession has never disappeared uh, from this the, the scene uh, they if you divide the world into they and us which is more difficult and i think wrong in in the present time that we live in but at that time it was more uh, proper and and possible uh, muslims lived in muslim countries or uh, predominantly muslim communities and non-muslims lived in non-muslim countries and or predominantly non-muslim communities that's not the case anymore people have mixed up a lot uh, you know i suppose many of the listeners of this podcast are uh, living in non-muslim countries or among non-muslim communities so the uh, the circumstances have changed but we can still understand we can still understand how uh, those uh, muslims especially the intellectuals among them were seeing the world from the vantage point of their local muslim communities which they considered to be backward uh, because of a comparison that they were making with those local communities and the uh, and the you know, vanguard forces of imperial powers their soldiers their scientists their researchers their ethnographers um so because they attributed power to science muslim intellectuals had a, had a problem with muslims not having science um so this this was a very very uh justifiable concern and it has ramifications that that lasted to this day and because of the relevance and prominence of this concern this this particular section that inshallah we will be reading from Ustad Nursi's uh, writings has been quoted a lot and has been the subject of a lot of attention rightfully so rightfully so uh, it, it it helps us put things into proper context and 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 gives us the proper perspective to think about uh, science right uh, but just as a uh, caution I would I would suggest that uh, there are many other sections in the Risale-i Nur, some of which we have read, some of which, inshallah, we will be reading, that deserve as much, if not more, attention uh, than this. At any rate, let's go ahead and read, and then perhaps what I'm trying to uh, say here, rambling around, uh, will become more clear as we go. Bismillah. Meyve Risalesinden 6. Mesele, the sixth matter of the treaties on fruit or the fruit treaties. Risale-i Nur'un çok yerlerinde izahı ve kat'i hadsiz hüccetleri bulunan iman-ı billah rükününün binler külli burhanlarından bir tek burhana kısaca bir işarettir. This is a short reference to one of the demonstrations among thousands of universal demonstrations of faith in God for which there are innumerable and definitive evidences in many parts of the Risale-i Nur. Now, uh, this section, this uh, expression rather, relates to 
um, another expression or another uh, maybe a few sentences that we can find in in in, in the uh, in a treatise that is that Nursi authored in probably 1925-1926 and that later became a part of his uh, collection of earlier treatises called the Mathnavi uh, Nuri, uh, the illuminated Mathnavi. And there is that Nursi says that the number of uh, sources that inform us about our Lord are innumerable, but among them are three uh, great and universal demonstrations. The first one of those demonstrations is the cosmos, the what we can call or what he calls we can call has been called before too, the great book of the universe or the great book of the cosmos, the creation. The tenth word that we have uh, in read together here is a is a is an excellent excellent example of uh, what can be done uh, with what can be learned from this informer this informer of our lord the second one is the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam all prophets the institution of prophethood uh, but especially the messenger the last the last uh, messenger of god muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam and the third one is the quran so when Ustad nursi says here this is a short reference to one of the demonstrations among thousands of universal demonstrations of faith in god Right? So our minds should probably go to uh, that statement where he, he lists the cosmos, the creation as the first among, uh, not in priority order rather, but as the first among uh, three great and universal demonstrations uh, of, uh, of God and realities that relate to God. One of the three great and universal uh, sources that inform us about God. So this is going to be about the cosmos, the creation as signs of uh, signs of creation, and especially the role of science, modern science, in helping us uh, process see perceive and process those signs of creation that inform us about God Kastamonu'da lise talebelerinden bir kısmı yanıma geldiler Some of the high school students in Kastamonu came to visit me Kastamonu is a city in um, central north uh, Turkey Ustad Nursi was uh, exiled to uh, the city after his stay in Barla, a distant village uh, connected to the the, the uh, city of Sparta in southwest Turkey. He was exiled to southwest Turkey in 1925-1926 and then uh, forced to settle, stay in Barla for 10 years. And then when uh, when his teachings became uh, became known to the government and that a group of students gathered around him and that they were copying these teachings and spreading around etc when that became known uh, he and some of his students from Barla were uh, uh, sent to a court uh, trial and after this trial Ustad Nursi was 
uh, this time exiled to the city of Kastamonu. It was very difficult when he first arrived there. He was again alone, and now, now he is, of course, you know, really old. 1936. If you think he he was born 1978, uh, in 1936 makes him 58, 60 uh, years old. So this old man. Uh, in in custom owner, but the same thing happens. Students, believers, start to gather around him in custom owner too. And apparently, in in one occasion, you know, a few high school students come to him. They want to see. They want to visit this, you know, um, wise, pious, righteous, uh, you know, man, saint. I would say of God. Kastamonu'da lise talebelerinden bir kısmı yanıma geldiler. Some of the high school students in Kastamonu came to visit me. Bize Halık'ımızı tanıttır. Muallerimiz, muallimlerimiz Allah'tan bahsetmiyorlar dediler. Ben dedim, sizin okuduğunuz fenlerden her fen kendi lisanı mahsus, mahsusuyla mütemadiyen Allah'tan bahsedip Halık'ı tanıttırıyorlar. Muallimleri değil, onları dinleyiniz. They said, these uh, students uh, said to Ustad Nursi, inform us about our creator. What a question, what a um, painful question, especially if you consider what comes after this. Our teachers do not talk about God. This was the situation in Turkey, 1930s, 1940s, all education was monopolized in the hands of the government. Uh, nobody could officially and formally teach anything outside the government curriculum. And the government curriculum eliminated all religion. It, it was a you know, highly positivistic, uh, highly positivistic uh, curriculum, which we can compare to the the, the wisdom of philosophies that are not guided by revelation as uh, as Ustad Nursi mentioned in this in the first section of this treatise now the perhaps even more painful thing is although this was dictated by government fiat at the time uh, as a result of the uh, revolutionary reformist uh, efforts of a a government, a modernizing government at the time. For most people, for most students around the world today, whether in Muslim countries or non-Muslim countries, this situation is not too different. We live um, what we can call split lives if we are believers, right? We go to uh, school and we we are subjected to a discourse that is sanitized in a sense or solid might be a better way to put it uh, sanitized or solid in a way that eliminates all and any mention of god and metaphysical reality beyond the uh, physical phenomena that we can see demonstrate observe and measure that is positivism that is you know 19th century materialist positivism it is it is uh, stripped off of uh, its 
ideological underpinnings, uh, at least in appearance, right? But the content, the essence, the core of what that positivistic materialism wanted to establish uh, in human intellectual life continues to dominate and define the uh, the popular education that many of us receive have received receive and see our children receiving today so split lives you know they as they say you know god's right to god and caesar's right to caesar that that is nonsense caesar is god's slave but we are instructed to and over time see it to be normal to think that you know science is neutral uh, the education that is provided at school should be neutral and people should be left to make their own value judgments independently well the supposition of the neutral neutrality of um what science observes is not a neutral proposition we are saying we have been saying all, al all along here that what we see when we look out the window or what we see when we look at our fingertips are signs of creation they are not in existence in and of themselves for themselves but they they point to a higher reality and that that indication of the higher reality is perhaps the more and actually most important aspect of that existence that's out there but if we will strip our public discourse discourse of of this reality that means that that we are splitting our consciousness and that's a reality that's a reality that we continue to face today all around in the world the opposite of this might be perhaps dogmatism which was the case in uh, in europe uh, for a long time especially in the middle ages that is why the enlightenment philosophers uh, rebelled against that is what the enlightenment philosophers rebelled against but while escaping from one extreme they ended up in the other extreme and that other extreme became our norm today so we need moderation where do we find moderation where do we find moderation we do not want dogma we do not want to uh, and we do not want to assume that uh, the the earth has to be at the center of the earth because because aristotle said so and aristotle was the wisest man ever the ancients were the wisest people ever and you can never be wiser than them and you can never have access to truth better than they had and therefore whatever you are observing when you look at the sky even though you might be looking with a telescope today which did not exist at that time you are false so we do not want that kind of dogma we do not want to uh, see people going through 
the kinds of things, torture and interrogation and rejection uh, that people like Galileo Galilei went through. We do not want to see that, but we do not want this other extreme either. We want to see reality as reality is. We want to be able to talk about reality as reality is. These students were not allowed to do it. And although you know it is not an official, um, official dictate in most cases today, it has been internalized to such an extent that it is the norm for most people around the world. So those students came to Stad Nursi and said, inform us about our creator our teachers do not talk about God. Talking about God, knowing God, being informed about God, having the knowledge of God, and then building on, on that knowledge and cultivating closeness to God is a human need. These students did not come to Ustad Nursi because they were guided, prodded, uh, coerced, encouraged, uh, coaxed by some some force out there, some people out there who somehow led them to start Nursi, uh, you know, artificially. They came to him because they felt this need to know God, to know their creator, to know their sustainer, to know the one who can uh, who can ensure pain-free and eternal happiness for them or for all of us. Therefore, we all need that. Inform us about our Creator. Our teachers do not talk about God. Our science books do not talk about God. When we turn on the news, on, on TV, the reality that we are being presented with pretends as if God does not exist. We are playing uh, deaf, dumb and blind when we meet each other in the street or in the office place, in this secular public space that defines most of our daily lives, most of our interactions. We play deaf, dumb, and blind and assume that we can sustain a discourse that disregards reality as reality is, that disregards God's existence. Inform us about our Creator. Our teachers do not talk about God. So Stadner's response to this. I said, each science among the sciences that you study talk about God and introduce the Creator with their specific tongues all the time. Listen to them and not to the teachers. Now, these sciences, right, if there is an aspect of neutrality to them, what that means is that taken at face value, taken true to, to what they are actually conveying, they are all talking about God 
and introducing the creator to us with their specific peculiar tongues all the time if your teachers are consciously or unconsciously stripping them off of this tremendous message listen to them and not to the teachers but how do the sciences talk about god so Ustad Nursi is going to explain that in the rest of this uh, this section inshallah mesela nasıl ki mükemmel bir eczahane ki her kavanozunda harika ve hassas mizanlarla alınmış hayatlar macunlar ve tiryaklar var şüphesiz gayet meharetli ve kimyager ve hakim bir eczacıyı gösterir öyle de küre-i arz eczahanesinde bulunan 400 bin çeşit nebatat ve hayvanat kavanozlarındaki zihayat macunlar ve tiryaklar cihetiyle bu çarşıdaki eczahaneden ne derece ziyade mükemmel ve büyük olması nispetinde okuduğunuz fenli tıp mikyasıyla küre-i arz eczahane-i kübrasının eczacısı olan Hakim-i Zülcelali hatta kör gözlere de gösterir, tanıttırır. For instance, uh, before I continue, I should I should um, clarify that this this was a conversation, and then the conversation is uh, put in words, put put in writing. Therefore, it reflects the conversational uh, tone of the narrative. So it may not be too straightforward, too precise and proper, not too prim, maybe. But the meaning is beautiful, and if he can, uh, you know, if he, if he can uh, listen to it as a conversation, then we, and then it will make more sense, and we will be more comfortable uh, listening to it and understanding it. For instance, in the way that a perfect pharmacy filled with jars, each containing living mixtures or lifeful mixtures and antidotes, prepared with wondrous and sensitive scales shows without a doubt an utmostly skillful and wise pharmacist who knows chemistry right, so try to imagine you you walk into a building it is a pharmacy and you see the walls all lined up with jars and in in every jar whichever you take and look there is a uh, there is a potion maybe a, a, a cream a you know something right uh, a mixture uh, that is first living it is it may be you know like bacteria it may be like uh, insects it may be like animal. it is it is life full right it is sustaining its existence uh, by consuming and producing and it's reproducing right it is not it is not uh, stagnant it is in motion it is changing right it is it is life full it contains a lifeful mixture that is you know both living and it's also an antidote remember this is a pharmacy right it serves a purpose it helps with something so each jar is filled with these mixtures and antidotes and when you look you notice that they are prepared with wondrous and sensitive scales you take one and you notice that if let's say one of the 55 ingredients in it was slightly more or less it would go out of balance 
and die not fulfill its function not do the thing that it is doing right but when you look all the jars they are each and every one of them are prepared with these sensitive scales that they each have what they should have they are each perfectly perfectly uh, arranged prepared with wonders and sensitive scales now you see this you enter this 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 building you see these hundreds of jars each perfectly prepared and of course you will then think without a doubt that there is a pharmacist who prepared all of these he is skillful he is wise he knows what serves what right uh, he he is a chemist he knows chemistry right he knows what he is doing so this is clear right this is a this is an example and this is an example from you know, perhaps a laboratory that one of these students may have uh, seen at school right obviously it will not be filled with hundreds of jars but there might be one jar that they perhaps prepared together for an ex experiment and the, the, the student knows the importance of these scales and measures and knowing how things interact with 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 what with one another the wisdom right that interaction is an indication of the wisdom how things relate to one another the knowledge of that so it makes sense in the in the positivistic world where they where they are used to likewise considering the living mixtures and antidotes in the jars of 400,000 different types of plants and animals now think of plants and, and animals each uh, you know type species of plant and animal as a jar a perfectly prepared jar Ustad Nursi says 400,000 here. Elsewhere, it, he also says uh, 300,000. Uh, it is you know, what the science of his time said. The, the you know, scientists, biologists, uh, zoologists, uh, botanists, etc. had identified 300,000, perhaps later 400,000 different species at the time. Now we are in the millions. I don't know exactly what the number is. It doesn't matter. Right? He is using the best possible information that's available to him to, to process it, to give meaning to it. We focus on the meaning that he is attributing to it. Right? Likewise, considering the living mixtures and antidotes in the jars of 400,000 different types of plants and animals, each plant and each animal is like a jar of... Uh, you know wondrously sensitively measured out uh, items mixture combination of uh, combination of, an amazing combination of all sorts of different minerals and elements and etc that come together and function as what it is and they do function they are not lifeless mix mixtures they are living and moving and reproducing and eating and feeling and each serve a purpose some of the, those purposes we know some of them we do not know but there's an enormously amazing ecology in which everything is connected to everything else and everything serves the existence and sustenance of, of everything else amazing considering the living mixtures and antidotes in the jars of 400,000 different types of plants and animals that exist in the pharmacy 
of the face of the earth so you you had you have that pharmacy in mind perhaps there is one around the corner you know how they have those vials and and uh, jars etc boxes right the earth is like a pharmacy each animal each plant is like a jar you know that right likewise right of the of of, of these plants and animals that exist in the pharmacy of the face of the earth and to the extent that that pharmacy of the earth is more perfect and bigger than this pharmacy in this marketplace around the corner the science of medicine that you study now take the, the science of medicine as an example you can also say biology in general but they were probably uh, you know studying medicine the human body more than others and and the human body is the body in all the bodies all the living uh, organisms in this world that we know the most about and even then we know so little right the science of medicine that you study shows even to the to blind eyes and introduces blinded eyes right? even those who think that this is all be all and all this is all the, the matter itself they are puzzled and amazed when they see how the body functions and they they have to say okay there is something there let's say consciousness right there is something beyond what we see but they they can't explain it therefore they assume that it doesn't exist but the science of medicine that you study shows even to blinded eyes and introduces the all-wise possessor of majesty all-wise how everything works together in harmony serving to the existence and sustenance of others it shows and introduces the all-wise possessor of majesty who is the pharmacist of this great pharmacy of the globe of the earth your teacher in medicine or biology may not be telling you about god just learn what the science is saying from your teacher and then listen to the science listen to the science with the correct point of view perspective with the right intention you will see that science talking to you it will start talking to you it will it, it has a language it has a tongue it's just that you need to to learn that tongue and and make a conscious decision to listen to what it is actually saying it is not actually saying that through the capillary action water climbs through the fibers in the plant's body etc etc that is the what of it but there is a why of it and there is a what does this mean of it listen to that if you learn if you learn the alphabet of the size of creation if you learn how to put how to put the vowels and consonants of the signs of creation then you learn to read it and then it becomes an amazing source of information about your lord so listen to it now next hem mesela nasıl bir harika fabrika ki 
binler çeşit kumaşları basit bir maddeden dokuyor. Şeksiz, bir fabrikatörü ve meharetli bir makinisti tanıttırır. Öyle de küreyi arz denilen yüz binler başlı, her başında yüz binler mükemmel fabrika bulunan bu seyyar makine-i Rabbaniye, ne derece bu insan fabrikasından büyükse, mükemmelse, o derecede okuduğunuz fenli makine mikyasıyla küreyi arzın ustasını ve sahibini bildirir, tanıttırır. So this is another example uh, that Ustad Nursi is giving from how the sciences that we learn, develop and learn, are telling us, are informing us about our Lord. Then, for instance, in the way that a wondrous factory that weaves thousands of various fabrics from a simple material informs with no room for uncertainty about a factory owner and a skillful skillful machine operator. <clears throat> so think about this. You, you again, uh, imagine yourself uh, while driving on the on a highway and then you stop by a building and go in there and find out that it's a factory and you see that there is this one uh, input let's say wool that is being put from one side and from the other side you have thousands of different fabrics all with different um, patterns on them colors uh, coarseness softness uh, transparency opaqueness all, all sorts of different fabrics are all coming out of uh, the other side obviously you don't think that uh, you know this factory has somehow uh, popped up in the in the middle of nowhere on the highway you think okay somebody built that th this factory uh, somebody is bringing the stuff here to use as raw material somebody is designing these patterns somebody is operating these machines somebody owns this thing this is the this is the normal uh, way to think about what's going on this is what the intellect and logic demands in the way that a wondrous factory that weaves thousands of various fabrics from a simple material informs with no room for uncertainty about a factory owner and a skillful machine operator. Likewise, through the measures of the science of machinery, the science of machinery, mechanics, science of mechanics or machinery that you study, the, this mobile lordly machine, this moving machine that belongs to the Lord, called the globe of the earth, with hundreds of thousands of heads and hundreds of thousands of perfect factories on each head, informs about and introduces the operating master and owner of the globe of the earth to the extent that it is bigger and more perfect than this human-built factory. Now, the imagery that Ustad Nursi is uh, giving to us here uh, actually goes back to a prophetic tradition in which the Prophet wasallam is narrated to have uh, talked about angels or an angel uh, that has uh, you know uh, i can't remember the numbers now but let's say 40 or thousands of heads and then 40 or thousands of tongues on each head and is glorifying god with each one of those heads and tongues on each one of those heads 
While thinking about this, while contemplating this prophetic tradition, one day Ustad Nursi sees an almond tree that is blooming. It must be early in the spring. The tree is blooming and he looks and he sees that, mashallah, the tree has so many branches and then, you know, so many sub-branches on those, uh, you know, thicker uh, branches and then so many flowers on each, each twig. And then he looks and then, there are all these petals on each flower and then there comes out those tiny filaments with pollen on top at the, at the tip of them it is like that angel the earth the globe of the earth is like an like an angel with thousands of heads each tree is a head each plant is a head and then each tree has so many different tongues that are each glorifying the lord that's the imagery he has here. Likewise, through the measures of the science of machinery that you study, so use this, the, the measures of that science. You, by studying that science, you understand how much effort and design and power and energy uh, and purpose and knowledge, etc. goes into, um, into making that machine and operating it. Now you have a sense of what is going on here, right? Now compare that to this globe of the earth. How bigger is this globe of the earth than that small machine that you have studied? And how perfectly is it being operated? How perfectly it is producing material? If not from a single object, perhaps from, you know, let's say hundred and something uh, objects a hundred and something uh, raw matter inputs right but if you go you know deep enough from a single object because all matter now the physicists are telling us is energy some kind of energy there are all there are these uh, you know subatomic uh, particles that are moving around and at the end of the day they they are like like condensed energy too so everything goes to one thing but even if that's not the case, even if the, let's say we have 114 elements or something, those 114 elements come together, are being put into this machine that we call, let's say, a tree. And then from the tree there sprouts leaves that are being woven, like beautiful fabric. Think of the leaves of a you know, banana plant and the leaves of a, of an, let's say, azalea and then an apricot how different they are the leaves of a palm tree compared to the leaves of a uh, eucalyptus plant right there all these different kinds of fabrics are being woven all around the globe throughout the year thousands millions billions of them imagine how much how much energy design power raw material knowledge goes into that right to that extent to that extent with the measures of that science of machinery that you have studied this globe of the earth is telling with hundreds of thousands of heads and hundreds of thousands of perfect factories on each head right it's informing about and introducing the operating master and owner of the globe of the earth to the extent that it is bigger and more perfect than this human built factory
Now, your teacher at school who was teaching you the science of machinery, perhaps that teacher did not tell you about God, did not inform you about God. Perhaps he's, he talked about the, uh, the, the glory of human um, entrepreneurship and invention inventiveness the glory of science that has uh, pulled us out of uh, what we would now call or what we might now call a primitive state in which we did not use machines perhaps you are using you know rocks and pieces of uh, you know, wood etc and then we started to use some metal and started to make some simple tools but but look in the past 300 years or so how how uh, we progressed and now we are making machinery and that machinery is enabling us to move from place to place at speeds that would be unthinkable in the past uh, with you know supersonic planes and steamboats that can carry thousands and thousands of tons of load and whatnot whatnot perhaps that is what you are hearing from the the teacher who is teaching you uh, ma machinery mechanics but imagine, imagine uh, if you were to think of this globe of the earth as a factory. How would that compare? Put all the supersonic planes that have ever been produced on earth. Would any of them, all, all of them together, compare to the celestial objects that are moving in space at such a speed that it is still unthinkable, incredible? for us imagine how the earth is moving at such an incredible uh, speed it is revolving around itself and and then re uh, going around the sun and then the sun is moving in the uh, milky way and the milky way is moving like in a in a single given um instant how many different types of movement is taking place yet we don't even feel it how balanced is this machine subhanallah glory be to god right how balanced is this machine so yes perhaps your teacher was not talking about that stuff but that doesn't mean that what you are learning is meaningless it has meaning and it is your job to think about it think about it and you will find Another example. Hem mesela, nasıl ki gayet mükemmel bin bir çeşit erzak etrafından celbedip içinde muntazaman istif ve ihzar etmiş bir depo ve iaşe ambarı ve dükkan. Şeksiz bir fevkalade iaşe ve erzak malikini. Şeksiz bir fevkalade iaşe ve erzak malikini ve sahibini ve memurunu bildirir. Öyle de. Bir senede 24 bin senelik bir dairede Muntazaman seyahat eden ve yüz binler ve ayrı ayrı erzak isteyen taifeleri içine alan ve seyahatıyla mevsimlere uğrayıp baharı bir büyük vagon gibi binler ayrı ayrı taamlarla doldurarak kışta erzakı tükenen biçare zih hayatlara getiren ve küreyi arz denilen bu rahmani yaşa ambarı ve bir sefine-i sübhaniye ve bin bir çeşit cihazatı ve malları ve konserve paketleri taşıyan bu depo ve dükkan-ı rabbani ne derece o fabrikadan büyük ve mükemmel ise okuduğunuz ve okuyacağınız fenni iaşe mikyasıyla 
o katiyette ve o derecede küreyi arz deposunun sahibini, mutasarrıfını, müdebbirini bildirir, tanıttırır, sevdirir. So this example I gave about the movement of the earth is uh, coming here too. Then, for instance, in the way that a storage, a warehouse for food supplies, or a store where thousands of different types of provisions are gathered from around, stacked in an orderly fashion and prepared, informs about a possessor, an owner of food supplies and provisions, as well as an officer in charge of them. So let's try to imagine this too. Um, Alhamdulillah, I'm blessed uh, with a house that has a small garage. It is, it is too small uh, to fit the car, but we can use it as a, a storage place and a place for everything that we cannot find a place for, everything else that we cannot find a place for. Uh, now that the um, pandemic came and we have a you know, lockdown situation and we are trying to minimize our time outside in the shopping, uh, in, in, in uh, stores, etc., we try to buy things in bulk and store them in the garage and use. And once it finishes, we go and try try uh, you know making a bulk purchase again. Alhamdulillah, it's saved uh, in time. Uh, I think I'm spending less time going out to uh, the stores and shopping now. Uh, but it also comes with its challenges. How do you store the the items that you buy in bulk? Right. So the garage is the solution, uh, and Alhamdulillah, the people who lived here have put some shelves in there, and and I had some uh, plastic garage shelves. I put them there too, and. You know we are storing them but it is a challenge you have to think about uh, you know, when each item is likely to be used if it is going to take uh, too long for it to be used and you don't uh, access it as frequently as something else perhaps you should to, uh, you should put it in on a higher shelf um, if the items that, that if the particular item that you uh, just purchased had not finished and you have old boxes of that or cans of that for instance you need to make sure that the old cans come uh, to the front and the new ones go to the back so that you first use the old ones so that they don't expire by the time you come to them i mean i could probably go on and on but but everybody i suppose gets the idea this requires again a lot of planning a lot of material and uh, the space itself uh, the, the energy that goes into doing it, this needs an agent. Now, this is just a small garage that I'm struggling with. If you walked into a storage, perhaps a warehouse for food supplies, or a store where thousands of different types of provisions are gathered from around, right? It is, it is not like it is uh, just storing uh, grain in a granary. The farm is producing wheat and barley and there are two silos. One is being filled with wheat, the other is being filled with barley. Relatively easy. That's not the case. There are hundreds, thousands, millions of different items that are being uh, you know, stored and they need to be made ready to, be, to, to use when they are needed. So they need to be accessible, they need to be sorted, they need to be preserved. It's a complicated job. 
So a store where thousands of different types of provisions are gathered from around and then they are stacked in an orderly fashion and prepared for use when the time for use comes. So this obviously informs the uncorrupted intellect, those who have eyes to see, about a possessor and owner of food supplies. So the, the, the whatever is being put in here has to be coming from somewhere. Whoever is putting there has to have the ability to procure them and put them there. That person has to you know, either own them or be in charge of them. It informs us about the possessor and owner of food supplies and provisions as well as an officer in charge of them, organizing, managing. Likewise, in the way that this warehouse of the mercy giver, what is the warehouse of the mercy giver? Again, earth. Right? Look at the earth. What kind of a warehouse is it? Um, think about soil. Soil is an amazing thing. You might think of it as this medium in which plants grow and therefore you can even substitute it with other things and grow those plants perhaps, I don't know, in some moss or something. But if you understand the nature of soil a bit better, you, you start to recognize that it is an amazing storage. It is a living and amazing storage that is filled with all kinds of nutrition that the plants that grow in that soil need and not only that it is filled of filled with them but it also prepares them for use uh, you know, moves them around as the plants need it and it is a living thing it also replenishes it has this interaction with the plants that are growing on it that it gives and it and then it takes and then and then processes it and then stores it again likewise in the way that is warehouse of the mercy giver and there is mercy in that because all those plants need all that nutrition and now it is being given to them subhanallah Likewise, in the way that this warehouse of the mercy giver for food supplies called the globe of the earth, the ship of the glorious one, right? the ship of the glorious one, why a ship? Because it's moving and it is moving all this stuff around too, like a big, um, big transportation ship. This storage carrying thousands of different types of equipment merchandise and canned goods and this lordly store that travels in an orderly fashion through a circle that spans a distance of 24,000 years so this is uh, a, a reference to the distance that the earth uh, travels around the sun every year and what does 24,000 years mean they usually calculated this based on you know how much a person can walk on a day or how much a uh, horseman can cover in a day regardless it is an amazingly huge distance that the earth is covering every year and as it covers all of that it's keeping what is stored on it in place in good order 
it has the uh, refrigeration services it is temperature controlled it has cushion for things that need cushioning it has everything that is needed for this for this lordly warehouse this lord warehouse of the mercy giver to do what it needs to do right likewise right in the way that this warehouse of the mercy giver for food supplies called the globe of the earth the ship of the glorious one this storage carrying thousands of different types of equipment merchandise and canned goods and this lordly store that travels in an orderly fashion through a circle that spans a distance of 24,000 years, takes and transports convoys that each demand different provisions. So it's not only the provisions, but it is also carrying those who demand those provisions, the consumers. Stops by the seasons on its journey, spring, winter, fall, summer, stops by them fills the spring that is the most amazing one right fills the spring with thousands of different food items like a giant railway car so now this is the other imaginary imagination right think of spring not only as a time frame but also as a giant uh, railway car car that is coming physically and bringing all this food stuff that to those that need them every year and brings it to the helpless living beings mercy right to be moved with the neediness of the needy one and to to uh, rush to its assistance that's mercy brings it to the helpless living beings that run out of provisions over the winter so that informs about introduces and endears the owner, the disposer, and administrator of the storage of the globe of the earth. Now, he added one word here that I would like to um, draw our attention to. That spring, that earth as the storage and ship, etc., is informing about, introducing, and also endearing the owner the disposer and the administrator of the storage of the globe of the earth. The word for endear here is coming from the word love. A more literal translation could be like make loved, but it sounds cumbersome, therefore I'm using endear. But makes, makes loved, makes loved. The response to mercy and the response to merciful bestowal that is love we love beauty we love perfection and we love bestowal as these needy impotent beings we are equipped with this um, capacity to be filled with love for those who provide us with what we need for bestowal and that's god that is the mercy giver he is bring he is sending his mercy with the spring with this giant storage house of the globe of the earth and it is informing us of the owner disposer and administrator of the storage of the globe of the earth with a certainty and degree 
to the extent that it is the earth is bigger and more perfect than that factory or that storage through the measures of the science of food supply that you study and will study so the science of food supply this might be something that was taught in the military perhaps imagine napoleon's army 800,000 soldiers moving through europe it is not just men walking they have to be fed at least like twice a day that need, they need to be clad oh, like imagine all these things so in the in the uh, military school that has to happen or imagine a uh, you know big university campus with 30,000 students I don't know like University of Michigan perhaps 30,000 students 40,000 students where they have to be provided with food three times a day that is a science you have to have this you have to get the science of that down uh, because if you fail it's 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 failure big time people go hungry so with the measures of that that signs of food supply that you study and or will study right take a look at the earth and and imagine what kind of a provision and supply is going on on this giant storage house and ship that moves holes things around with such mercy and beauty and perfection to that extent it is telling you informing you and and instilling love in your heart about the possessor disposer and administrator of the storage of the globe of the earth all right uh, this keeps going on Ustad Nursi will give us several other examples but I think we hit about one hour so inshallah we will stop here and probably finish uh, this section in the in the next episode and then after that we have a, a very famous and really beautiful um, lesson from Ustad Nursi it is called the the subtle point on huwa uh, it is about how air molecules move and that will give us an idea about how another way a even subtler and deeper way to uh, read the 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 signs of creation and how science can help us uh, do that mashallah uh, but for now inshallah uh, stay safe and please make uh, please make dua for the improvement of the conditions of all believers around the world and all humanity we need we need uh, god's mercy and we need those supplications for that to happen inshallah subhanaka la ilma lana illa ma 'allamtana innaka antal alimul hakim wa akhir da'wahu man alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin الفاتحة